0: Hey there, everyone. It's Camber here with the Yo Pro no. I am here today with Jordan Hallow, 28-year-old career consultant from Indiana, who is close to the downtown Chicago area. And so he can get into his background a little bit. But Jordan, thanks so much for being here today.
1: I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks so much for having me on.
0: Absolutely. So let's just get right into it. Jordan, why don't you give us a brief background on yourself? So where you're from, how you got to be, you know, got to where you are today, and then we'll dive into more of those career-specific details.
1: Sure. So I'm originally from um, a small town in southern Indiana, uh, home of John Mellencamp, a town called Seymour, Indiana, uh, and then went to undergrad here in Indiana as well, Ball State University. And when I was at Ball State, I majored in history. I really wanted to be a history teacher. And while I was at Ball State, I was Really involved as a student, so I was that student that was involved in every single organization, every single club. My parents didn't go to college; I was a first-generation college student, and so, you know, the it wasn't an option for me to go to college. It was more or less uh, my parents, you know, they had their own businesses and worked from worked at home. They said, "You're going to college. This is a really good opportunity, so you're going to do it." Um, so off I went, and I wanted to make the most out of my experience because my parents had just talked it up so much. Um, and it was an opportunity for me as, as 18 years old to be out on my own. So took the, took the chance, went to college and try to make the most of it. So I was highly involved as a student. I was involved in seven or eight different student organizations throughout my time there at the university. And as I was in undergrad, and, and I really loved history, I still do to this day, but I found more enjoyment outside the classroom. So working with student organizations, I was in a, a social fraternity um, but I was also took a lot of leadership positions in different student organizations at the university. And I found much more enjoyment in doing that versus doing my history work. And that's what sparked the conversation of, OK, how do I do this full time instead of going to be a history teacher? Talked to some of my mentors there, and uh, I found out that there's this program called Student Affairs. It's a master's program. And a lot of my mentors had had that degree and had come back and worked, worked at the university. And I thought to myself, well, that's what I want to do. And I didn't really find this out until my senior year, pretty much the semester before I was going to graduate with a history degree. And so uh, I worked for a year with AmeriCorps. I worked with low-income first-generation college students at the university once I graduated. uh, Fantastic experience, loved every bit of it. And that really just reaffirmed for me that I was in the right position and that I was going on the right path. So I did uh, two years of a graduate program at Western Michigan University, and my focus was in student activities there. Um, worked there for two years, also did some pockets of academic advising and career services as well, some internships there. And from there, took a full-time role at the regional university that I'm at now, Purdue University Northwest. You may have heard of our big brother, Purdue University, West Lafayette, where Neil Armstrong and the Division One big school is, uh, it's about it's down the road from us. Um, And I've been there ever since, so within the past three years, I've worked in academic advising and now I do a lot of uh, career consulting is my title. So I basically, uh, my goal is to have students and employers interact with each other and whatever that looks like. So whether it's doing different events for students, doing networking opportunities, career fairs and things like that. And then I also do a lot of student front-facing work. So working on the resumes, the cover letters, the LinkedIn profiles, helping with doing the mock interviews, and uh, really doing career prep. So I also teach a one credit hour course at the university that takes up a a, a huge chunk of my time. And it's a very rewarding class that I teach, um, all about salary negotiation, about how to get involved in the industry, bringing in different professionals for them to network with and get to know the industry, and really helping those seniors separate themselves from the millions of other college students that are going to be graduating this year as to with the job market and helping them understand what that job market looks like but also how to really get them started off well and having them feel confident and optimistic in their their professional world whenever that journey kicks off and that's a lot of what makes my work so rewarding is being able to interact with students who were just like me when i was an undergrad
0: yeah absolutely well thank you jordan for that recap i mean that is quite the path and i love one of the things I love about all of my interviews is that it's really so fascinating to see the path that every person has taken, because sometimes it can be like very out there. Like somebody can start one place and end up in a place completely out of, you know, out of what you were not expecting, but yours I think has a nice kind of uh, cadence to it. You know, like you really, you you kind of knew that this was something you were really interested in from a from a young age I would say and so that is not certainly not something that is you know normal Mm -hmm. these days it's really it's not as usual um so tell us a little bit more about what your day-to-day looks like I know that you mentioned you're teaching this course which is very important that is something that everyone should be required to take I think I agree (laughs) I love that you said your goal is you said your goal is to make sure that students are connecting with employers is that like kind of the, the core of what you do
1: Yeah definitely.
0: So tell us about that day-to-day a little bit.
1: Yeah and with COVID it really hasn't changed a whole lot. I'm just doing it from home instead Um, but typically what I do is I will meet with a couple of students you know each week or each day depending on on the semester. I certainly have we have our our busier times Um, so helping them with resumes and cover letters and doing the mock interview stuff, the uh, internship preparation. We also do some assessment pieces as well. So Myers-Briggs, um, Quest, Career Leader. We do some assessments for students as well. Um, so it's not just about um, the resumes and things like that, but it's also helping them kind of understand where they want to take their careers um, and having those conversations as well for students who are kind of just undecided or they really don't know, they're stuck between a couple. So I do that quite a bit. Um, I'm also part of, when you're in higher education, you often get put on a lot of committees. Uh, so I'm involved in some committee work at the university, which is a great opportunity to really branch out and get to know some different people at the university. Um, I teach as well. Um, in the summer, I, I, the, the teaching load is obviously a lot smaller, given that students aren't on campus as much. Uh, so I do that as well. And then uh, a lot of planning for future events. So right now in the summer, we're gearing up for the fall, as crazy as it sounds, because the the summer really just started. Um, But we have our major career fair in the fall, and that takes all year-round planning. Um, And the summer is the perfect time for us to really start building on those events, those different ideas. I review a lot of my curriculum, a lot of the feedback that I get from students in the classes, if there's any changes that we need to make. So a lot of interacting with employers as well, hosting internships, giving them networking opportunities and things like that. And then just working with students as well, doing that front facing role where, you know, every 30 minutes having a meeting with a student about an internship or whatever it is. Um, So a lot of working with students, I'd say about 75% working with students, about 25% working with employers as well.
0: Okay, great, thank you for giving us that picture. What would you say is the biggest challenge that your students that you're working with face right now going into the job market.
1: Oh, that's such a great question. Um, oh, where to even begin? Uh, the so I guess for a little bit of context, the the university that I work at is just uh, south of Chicago, and so our student population would be uh, what a lot of people might might term as non-traditional. So I we're a commuter-based campus. So we have a lot of full-time moms and dads. Um, we have a lot of first-generation, low-income students that make up our population. We are actually technically labeled a Hispanic-serving institution because over 25% of our student population identifies as Latinx or uh, have that Hispanic background, which is uh, uh, not very common.
0: No.
1: Uh, so we, we have that as our as our base and so, those students are, unfortunately, a lot of them come from lower socioeconomic status. And so, um, you know, they they don't have a lot of the career prep that maybe a a high school might be able to offer at a different place. Um, You know, they've never heard of a resume before, they don't know what an internship is, um, or they just really haven't been introduced to a whole lot of opportunities outside of their city or outside of their community. And so, you know, helping students kind of establish that baseline of, um, what career readiness is and why it's so important for them uh, is definitely something that um, is is harder, is difficult, um, and but it's also the beauty of the work too is that it's it often makes it that much more rewarding because you're making that much more of an impact on the student. Um, and my students, uh, the mainly the ones I interact with are in their senior, their their last semester or their last couple of semesters, and it's very rewarding to. Um, hear them say, Hey, I got a job even during the pandemic, or if it wasn't for your talk on salary negotiation, I would be making $5,000 less. Um, I wouldn't have even negotiated my salary. Um, so that's a huge part of it too. It's, it's very, very rewarding, but, you know, obviously there's a lot of, especially with the pandemic, the, you know, the, the job market, although it's very much recovering and we're very blessed for that. Um, it's not, something that we're really used to in our lifetimes. You know, at the, at the peak of the, or at the beginning of the pandemic, the unemployment rate across the country was higher than it's been in 90 plus years. Uh, and, and really in our area here, the unemployment rate was almost one in five people. And that was above the, the national average, which was around 15.3%. And students were really scared. Students are still really scared now Uh, especially, you know, those who are in hospitality and things like that, where travel was on hold. So all that stuff was cut dramatically Um, and students were really scared. Hey, I've spent four or five years, however many years planning for this role that now I have to face the competition of everybody around me, but also those who are either transitioning from a career during the pandemic or those who are furloughed or laid off or uh, who have 5, 10, 15, 20 years of experience and students don't know how to compete with that. And students are very nervous because that's typically not what the, the job market really looks like in terms of competition. Um, and there, we're, we're getting to that point where, you know, um, having that online presence is becoming more and more important. So having that presence on LinkedIn is huge and having that, that virtual presence versus, um, you know, the traditional way of just having a really strong resume, things like that. Now we're seeing that shift in that, that dynamic roles, you know, the average corporate position takes on about 250 different applicants. And so students are hearing that and they're like, whoa, this is, that's just like, that's, you know, they're going to really pick me out of 250 different people. And so that's definitely one of the struggles that I've seen. Mm -hmm. Um, I've seen that students are still getting jobs, which is so rewarding, but ultimately, you know, that's a lot of stuff that's really on the forefront of their minds.
0: No, I can imagine that those are all really big things that are, you know, not just applicable for your students, but for a lot of students all over, which you, you know, you alluded to. So, so thank you for sharing that. So moving away from, you know, your day-to-day in the office, what you're seeing, let's talk about you as a young professional. So you're 28, what is going on, you know, in your world? What do you, what do you, how do you feel like you are treated as a young professional in your space? And, you know, are there any pieces of advice that you would give to some other young professionals who are listening um, about, you know, how to really handle yourself in a, in a workplace?
1: Yeah, that's, I love that question. Um, you know, for me, I was very fortunate that I had some really good mentors. My former uh, supervisor was somebody that um, I had met three plus years ago and I was, the position that I'm in now, I was able to get because I had a close relationship with him. Um, you know, it wasn't even, you know, I. he was telling the people that uh, are now my, my colleagues that, hey, we're going to hire this person just so you know. Um, this is the person that I want for this role. I think this person is going to be perfect for it, and so I was very fortunate to have his word. He was willing to, you know, stick his neck out for me and, and vouch for me, and So I was very fortunate that when I came in, I also had, because of that, I also had some pretty big shoes to fill these high expectations of, okay, he said all these great things about you. We really hope you are what he says you are. Um, But I've been been really fortunate uh, to have such a really good environment where people uh, really respect me and the background that I come from. Um, I work with a lot of faculty at the university as well. And so I've developed some relationships with them and that's been really critical. Um, and really what I started to, to recognize, especially within these past couple of years is I wanted to take on some more, uh, some more projects, some more things that people weren't really willing or uh, wanting to do. Uh, my former supervisor, my current supervisor as well, will often ask, you know, do you want to do this? Do you think you have time for it? Can you put this on your plate? You know, we want to make sure that, um, it's not going to stretch you too thin and I would have some coworkers or colleagues that would say, you know, no, I'm just not interested in doing that. I'm not interested in doing that or taking that project on. And I would nine times out of 10, I would say yes. And that has really helped me quite a bit um, because it's allowed me to take on a lot of uh, opportunities that I wouldn't normally consider within the role. And uh, it's allowed me to get to know different people to allow me to really grow in a lot of different areas, particularly like my um, critical thinking and also um, my communication skills as well, my presentation skills. And it's really created a lot of different opportunities and avenues for me that I didn't normally think about. And because I've been willing to sign up for those different things or because I've come to my supervisor or the dean of my college with these different um, perspectives and these different ideas, most of the time they're, they're met with really good reception. So I was taking that initiative to reach out to them instead of always having them come to me and, and say, hey, you know, do you want to do this or do you want to take this on? My I, I, my boss, uh, I it's very, um, it's not micromanaging. So I'm very, I get to do a lot of independent work. I'm very fortunate for that. Um, so because of that, I get to uh, come up with these different ideas and different ways of doing these programs and different things like that, that I can always go to my supervisor and say, hey, I I really think we should do something like this. What are your thoughts there? So that's really important as a young professional, um, because oftentimes I will see younger professionals who um, really get get too comfortable in the role um, or get very complacent. And they basically, you know, they that first six to nine months within the role, they're learning the role. There's still different things that they're trying to, to grasp. And I think they say on average, it takes about six to nine months to really fully get a role down. And so they get the, the first six to nine months is very challenging because um, they're, they're learning all these different things that are part of the role. And they're, you know, it's, it's something new. It's exciting. It's a new experience. And they're trying to learn all these different things. Because of that, they're growing because they're challenging themselves. Well, then eventually it becomes to where they've mastered it. They've got a good grasp on it. And they just keep doing the same thing over and over again. And then it's either very routinized and then that causes some burnout or they're not challenging themselves in the role anymore because that they're not growing. And so I realized this probably about a year, a couple of years ago when I was in my role. And so I made an effort, you know, to, try to get outside of my comfort zone and continue to challenge myself by taking on new things or spinning things differently so that I can continually challenge myself, but ultimately so that I can continue learning as well.
0: Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. I'm glad that it's been a positive work environment for you because again, I think a lot of people don't get that right away. Yeah. So the fact that you've had that, you know, kind of that stability, that's, that's really amazing. So kudos to you. So Jordan, I'm mindful of time here. And so I want to wrap things up by asking you, what other, what things do you feel like we haven't covered? What, you know, last minute words of advice do you want to share with this audience who's listening or watching?
1: You, you brought up a really good point there where um, we always don't have the best experience, whether it's a supervisor that we don't mesh really well with, or we're, we're in the role and we kind of find out, oh, maybe this really isn't for me. This isn't really where I want to take my my career. And a lot of people will automatically dismiss those as not being helpful for their career. And my thought process there is that, you know, having those bad experiences are just as good, if not better than having good experiences. And what I mean by that is, you know, I've had uh, supervisors that I did not mesh well with at all. and it actually, you know, it, there was a lot of anxiety, a lot of um, concern whenever I was in that role, because I was just, I didn't mesh well with my supervisor. I just didn't do the work the way they wanted me to. And what I learned is that I have certain supervisory styles that I really appreciate. But I wouldn't have known that had I not had that not so good, really almost toxic relationship with the supervisor. Mm-hmm. Um and that wasn't the best experience for me, but I learned a lot in that experience. So that negative experience really helped me to say, OK, I know what I want in, in a supervisor. I know what I want in a team and I know what kind of work I want to do. But I also know that how I want to handle com- conversations or situations when they come up. So don't automatically dismiss the um, the bad things as not being helpful for your career because they will ultimately help you kind of figure out, well, this is kind of what I want in a supervisor, or this is what I kind of want to work, want to, what I want in my future work environment. And then you take that with you whenever you're interviewing, You know, they always say that interviewing with a company is a two-way street, you're, they're interviewing you, but you're also interviewing them and they have to be a good fit for you. And having those different um, either good or bad experiences in your past is really going to help you kind of figure out what you do want in your future role, because yeah, that was a bad experience, but you learned that that's not what you want. And you learned it early on. I would much rather learn it early on versus, you know, well into my uh, professional career and it's, it's not a good fit for me. And it's not what I want. So make sure, just always understand that, you know, there are people have different ways of doing things. We all know that, um, but you're going to learn what you want and what you don't want. And bad experiences are just as valuable as those good experiences that you have.
0: Absolutely. I think that is a great way to end the interview, Jordan. Thank you so much for your time today. I uh, really look forward to staying connected. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much.